0: Ah, hey everybody, welcome again to another episode of All Things Automotive podcast. Once again, I have my former partner uh, from Dashboard Dealership Enterprises, when it was a business, um, Josh Blick on a Zoom call. What's happening, Josh? Hello, everybody. So we're about, I I say we're about um, maybe five weeks into what I would consider a shelter in place. Um, That's for me, I don't know if we're halfway through this. I don't know. I, I'm not a scientist, right? I don't know when things are reopening, but I feel like we're getting towards some type of midpoint. I also feel like this is sort of that time in those sci-fi movies where people start to get a little stir-crazy. Um, they've, been, they've been quarantined. They've been separated from the world. Um, typically in these movies, they've been away and then they start to maybe do crazy things. Are you, are you at that point where you're doing crazy things, Josh? No, not yet. <laughs>
1: I think we're at the the montage part of the sci-fi movie, the bad sci-fi movie, where all the characters are just doing their thing and there's music playing, and it, time passes quickly. Um, so all the changes like, are the taking phase, place. Right? All, all these changes. Or are We taking can go place. I can go to Winston Churchill and say it's the end of the beginning.: Ah, yes, right. So, yeah, it's very, it's, it's interesting that you bring up
0: Winston Churchill and you have Napoleon on a white horse. Um, just yes, off your, your... two
1: completely different ca- types of characters, right? <laughs> but they're both grumpy, I would say. they Historic, common, history common, will, uh, will prove that
0: they were both grumpy. Grumpy guys, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully you're not too grumpy uh, <laughs> since you've been stuck stuck in on this shelter in place. Um, So today I thought what we would do is we would spend some time talking about, since we're maybe at some type of midpoint or we're at a point, I guess I'll say, maybe we should start to talk a little bit about getting back to work and what that looks like. And maybe getting back to work, but getting back to work remotely, right? I'm not advocating that people go back into an office, um, but I am advocating that we start to get back and start to think about um, what this looks like on the other side. In terms of getting things done on a professional level, a lot of people, I think, I've, I saw an article talking about the boiler rooms in the BDC, how they used to have all the folks in the back room doing all the calls, how they're trying to get people back to work, but doing that remotely. So I thought that you and I, you know, we spent, you know, 10, 15, 20 years working very small startups. And oftentimes, because we were at early stage startups, we didn't really have large office spaces right i remember one time we had a room that was maybe i don't know how big it was it was maybe an eight by eight or something or a 10 by 10 at the most and we had like four four people in that room and after about six months of being in there with like 10 computers and the exhaust from the computers i decided that it might be a good time to work remote you know so i spent a lot of time working remote around that time do you remember that office
1: yeah, we had a, there was one office where we had a guy like working in a hallway, remember that? <laughs> right, that's right. I mean, that was just ridiculous. Yeah, right? I
0: just remember the the smell of computer exhaust and <laughs> cigarettes and coffee and sort of four guys in there, uh, you know, working 12 hour days, it wasn't good. And
1: at yeah. a certain point- We actually decided- had somebody visit our office. This is way back in the day. Uh, this was probably like 2005 or something like that. And- Somebody came to visit us who wanted to do a project with us and we never heard from them again after they saw <laughs> our office. Yeah. I remember
0: one office that we had the first day we, got, we rented this office and so moved in, right? Moved the equipment in. And then the first day I was walking in the hallway and I, I saw an older lady wearing just a towel. And it turned out that we had a massage uh, oh, yeah. expert uh, down the hall from us. And at go. various times, we'd see a person walking around in our hallway in a towel, just yeah. odd, some odd, odd situation. So, um, you know, based on all of that the small office situation, I think you and I have a lot of experience because we've seen this back when there was sort of no fi, you know, no tech around working remote. You just sort of did it um, and you used your phone and maybe even text message um, to now where there's a whole cottage industry of of tools that allow teams to work and collaborate remotely.
1: Yeah, it's really great. I mean, we, uh, we, we used to just do it all on the fly and, you know, I I feel like, I feel like the, whenever this does end and when people are quote unquote ordered to come back to work, whether it's in, you know, July, August, or next year, um, there's going to be a pretty profound change that there's going to be a lot of people who don't, end up going back to work. There's going to be a lot of remote workers who are going to continue to work at home, at least part-time. And so this culture that's developed is going to continue. So in today's episode, we're going to focus in on
0: getting back to work, but doing it remotely. Um, Obviously, if you're one of the fortunate people who are able to work and able to work remotely, this, this episode is really going to be right up your alley um, also, I'll throw in a nugget. Um, back in the day, I think we were using a technology called PC Anywhere. That was yeah. the way that we worked remote. We just basically would remote in using terminal sessions into the computers themselves versus having communication platforms and the ability to do it in other ways. So um, tr- let's try today. We're going to unpackage some of our thoughts around your daily routine, daily routine from working at home and some of the best practices that we've learned over the years with ourselves and with our employees. Um, I would be remiss to say from the top, though, um, if you're going to take away one thing from this podcast, um, I think what you need to know is that the one common perception when you're working remote is that you're not actually working. You know, and that's really what you need to fight against to be a really effective remote worker. And that's this perception that you are not on task. And the only way to fight that effectively is to really up your level of availability and responsiveness even more so than the level when you're in person or you're, you're in the office with the other folks. You've got to kind of go above and beyond. You want to um, give me your thoughts around that one you know, pervasive idea, Josh?
1: Yeah, I mean, basically, it's more is more, right? <laughs> uh, it's not less is more. It's more is more. I mean, you have to over overcompensate uh, because when you're in an office, your your physical presence at a station or workstation is kind of eighty percent of the you know attendance that you're working, even if you are not. Uh, whereas if you're out of sight, out of mind, you know, in a remote location, you really need to let people know what you're doing, where you are, what
0: right. you're working
1: on. Um, otherwise I a, people do assume the worst. They assume yeah. pajamas and cereal and television. Right. right. And
0: it's, uh, for me, pajamas and cereal, that's, that's not the worst. I mean, I, I like that idea as long as you're getting things done. Like I, I would tell yeah. a lot of my employees, like even from the first interview, the, the people that I thought I should hire, or we should hire that. I don't care if you're in your pajamas and eating cereal, as long as you're getting meaningful work done, right. And contributing a very professional, um, output. Then I, it it doesn't matter how you're doing it, you know. You well, stop- I was
1: picturing the scene in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall that right that movie where he's got the the bowl of cereal that's not like a bowl; it's more of like a salad bowl <laughs> of cereal, of right. like Captain yeah, Crunch, yeah, yeah, and he's yeah, yeah. kind of crying on the couch. Yep, that's what my image is. I think that's kind of the a lot of managers are worried about that scenario, right? Right, For their and
0: and I'm saying uh, they can be crying on the couch. However, if they're putting out amazing code and product, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> it's
1: so beautiful, right? That's yeah, so great.
0: And the other the other thing that I think about when I think about this responsiveness and level of availability is I, another thing I used to share with my teams was I would have a ten minute tool, a ten minute rule when it came to like these communication platforms. Like we we use Slack extensively in our last. In our last company, and what I found is that there were really good, you know, really good Slack employees, and there were really bad Slack employees. But really, the bad ones—it wasn't necessarily that they weren't getting things done. I mean, we hired them, and we, we we knew that they had good output. But it was this this problem that they had with communicating, where things weren't done or when questions weren't answered. So you would ask a question on Slack, and you'd wait, and you'd wait. And you wait some more, and then maybe the next day you would get a response saying like, "It's done. Here's the solution." But that doesn't work, right? as you know, that that does, just doesn't work professionally at all. So my ten-minute rule wasn't that you solved the problem; it was just that you could respond and give some sort of information about when you might have an answer to the question.
1: Yep, I mean it's basically just recreating the human interaction with your talking to somebody in in you know your physical proximity. And someone gives you the thumbs up or I got it or even a nod of their head. That's what you have to recreate remotely in in these different tools.
0: Totally agreed. Okay. So let's, let's go on from there. I think that's, you know, you can turn the podcast off if you want now, if if you want to just focus in on that first, that's what I would do first.
1: It's done, right? That's
0: what I would do first. Okay. So now going down the road of some extra little tips and some extra tidbits, if you will. Um, Number one, in my mind, is, is all about routine. And it's sort of having that morning routine that gives you a transition. And if you work in the evenings, and it's an evening routine, whatever it is, it's a transition into a space. And that can be a space at your home, at your apartment, um, or even in your mind. But it's a space that is de- for dedicated work. Do you want to unpackage that thought a little bit for us, Josh?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm uh, lucky enough to have a detached garage in the bottom of my garage. I have kind of carved out a little space, uh, which is separate from the house, the main house. So I'm able to kind of physically move from one building to another and kind of that's my going to work. Um, so I'm, I'm able to kind of create a bridge between my personal life and the work life by going down to do that. Uh, but you, you don't necessarily need a physical, you know, Situation like that, where you're moving from one building to another, you can just do it from one room to another, as long as you think about that in your head that you're moving from personal to work. And the other, you know, I like to the way I like to
0: think about it too is there are some things in the morning that need to be done, right? Personal hygiene, whether it's showers, all those things. Also attending to any personal business, right? Maybe online that you need to do. And then, you know, breakfast and family stuff, whether it's getting the kids ready, maybe not for school these days, but getting them ready for their day, right? Doing all the things that need to happen around your home before you can start work, right? But get those things done. The the big problem is when you, you know, you try to multitask during that morning routine, it's never going to be smooth and things aren't going to go well, as well as they could um, for you. So in my opinion, if you're waking up and you have an hour dedicated to Getting yourself ready for your day, and that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people, but have that time for yourself so that when you get into your space and your place of work, that you can dedicate yourself to work, not to doing the, the things that you should have done right the night before or th- that morning. Um, so having that space is is, uh, I think, essential, but more importantly, having a transition into that mindset.
1: Yeah. And I think the showers are, you know, the showers are definitely um, fleeting these days. I,
0: you know, here's, I was going to touch on this <laughs> during the zoom call etiquette portion, but I'll tease it a little bit. And I'll say, if you're wearing a hat, if you're a gentleman and you're wearing a hat, <laughs> most of the people on the zoom call are maybe thinking that you didn't get your shower that day. So Pretty that, much, that yeah. trick doesn't work. <laughs> Just as a quick FYI.
1: Yeah, and also there's a huge divide between the individuals who have, young children and those who do not. And it's pretty evident uh, when you're on zoom calls, like who's, who's in the, who's in that category and who's not in that category. And it's a big dividing line. I think, I think, and let's talk about that in our sep- our second little tip, which is try to eliminate
0: distractions during your yeah. dedicated work time. And I hate to say this, but from a professional work perspective, kids can be a distraction. Right. And if your kids are coming in uh, during the calls or during the important time where you're trying to meet a deadline, you've got to solve that problem. That's, that's got to be solved. And, and conversely, if you're if you don't have kids, but you have hobbies or roommates or other things that are getting in the way, you've got to find a way to eliminate those. Like, for example, you know, you don't want to have your um, necessarily if, if you're not strong enough to or you don't have the willpower. Uh, you don't want to have all your toys nearby. You want to kind of keep those things away so that you can focus in on work.
1: Well, if you don't have any experience working from home and suddenly you start doing it, then it's it's like landmines everywhere. I mean, you have you have projects you want to do around your house or your yard. You have your television. Um, you know, there's a very a lot of very interesting things in the news. Right. The, the stock market is going crazy. There's so many things to look and see and read about, and also chat with friends who are experiencing the same thing, reaching out to family members who you're worried about. I mean there's so many different distractions. You got kids at home trying to distance learn. It's it's just rife with distraction. So and it's harder than ever to, you know, zero in and focus on what you want to do. Around the
0: distractions is to create what I call work blocks. Yeah. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna work for eight hours straight, right? And even if you put a lunch break and a, you know, the the traditional 15 minute smoke breaks or whatever they were from from yesteryear, it's still not gonna work. So the best way that you can kind of accommodate all the things that may need to be accommodated within your home while working is to do a good solid one hour work block and then take 15 minutes and go check on the kids or or check the check MSNBC on your stocks or whatever whatever it is that you like to do with your time and then to get in and do another solid work block and break up your day that way so that, you know, you are getting work done because even when you're in an office nowadays with the internet, there are plenty of distractions, but I I still configure my my work day the same way where maybe in the morning I have a dedicated work block for emails and correspondence and daily check-ins and that's an hour long work block. Then I take a little break and I just, you know, may check, um, you know, whatever on Google and look around or look at LinkedIn and just kind of use a little bit of free time and then get back into it after that. So I feel like the best way is to set up work blocks that you can still have small distractions, but you have a little bit of time built in for the distractions.
1: Yeah. And I think there's, there's definitely the, the, the like I said about the two categories of people, those who have young kids and those who do not, there's also the two categories of remote workers, you know, those who have experience doing it for years and those who are new, new at it. And, you know, the ones who have experience doing it for years they're I think those people are probably doing fine. They're probably wondering what, what the big deal is for everyone else. <laughs> right. Um, but for the ones who are just trying it anew, you know, that's where, you, that's where, you know, this podcast might, might help you a little bit. And, um, you probably are encountering a lot of these issues that we're talking about.
0: Let's let's all, let's stay with the distractions and let's. This is a distraction. Whether you have kids or whether you have no hobbies, right? You got to have food. So yeah. meal time, and and nowadays the meal time, if you have a family or if you have roommates or whatever you have going on at your home, it's a little more complex because everyone's there, right? So the idea that you need to manage your time and your tasks around meal times is is another big thing. And and I'll, I'll just say this. You want to get it as consistent as possible um, so that people who you're working with and who are depending on you for output or for questions during the day, they're aware that at 1130 or 130 or whatever time is your common meal time, that you're, you may be away for that
1: reason. And I, I don't know if, if, if you're encountering this, but are the dinners that we're having in our house are much more elaborate and take a lot more time? then, and in the past, uh, you know, previously it was just, okay, what are we doing something for dinner? I think now it's kind of like, we're discussing it, you know, pretty much all day. You know, (laughs) what are we doing for dinner? I think
0: I'm two weeks away from like knitting a sweater. That's, that's the way (laughs) things are going. Like, like the food itself is getting more complex. And, you know, um, I think we, we bought a air fryer, right. And we're doing all these different meals that we would never do. And I don't know if it's like the human mind needs to be occupied with something. And since the entertainment is kind of missing and the social interaction is missing a little bit, that all that's going into like food prep, right? It's like a, it is. Or, you know,
1: it could just be that, you know, even those who are remote working before and and are just doing the same thing now, I think because there's just a lot, there's more time in the day, at least, you know, for me, there's at least another hour or two um, in the day, just because you're not going out to, to, going outside to the gym or the outside world. There's just, you know, some people might have an extra 30 minutes a day or an hour a day. Some people have more than that uh, of time that they've sort of reclaimed. Um, And for whatever reason, you know, that time, they're going to do something with that time and maybe it's baking a loaf of bread. Right. Well, yeah.
0: And I think if there's one thing like this, this takes away from remote work a little bit, but I'll just, I'll just state it like what better use of your time to make something new and and yummy for your family right or yeah. or for yourself right so sure. i think that some of these things that are like the the things that were lost right you talk about like oh we no longer people no longer do this or do that right well people are starting to do this or that again because it's it's the time right it's not like you're going to go out and be entertained and go to a restaurant or go to a ball game or go do something else you've got to find these ways um to entertain yourself and your family and a lot of that seems to be around food these days,
1: for sure. Yep. It's definitely a comfort. I mean, food's always comfort related in, in many ways, and I think it's. Yeah, well, I see. Like, uh, we we still
0: have our employees um, at Innovate On Demand. And one thing that they all love to share with us is like they're having these pizza night with their family, where they're making the pe The kids are making the pizzas, or you know, things like that. And it's it's cool to see that that's coming back. I guess as an yep. older person. All right, let's transition out of that. I think that that may be all around the food. Um, let's talk Zoom call and webinar etiquette. So I guess you you it's like a phenomenon right now, right? If you look at LinkedIn or look at other social media platforms, all you see are all these faux pas, transgressions, funny things that are happening on on the online meetings because people just aren't used to being at home working, right? So they're having their um, they're having that stuff published <laughs> for lack of a better word. So you want to talk about some general um, little guidelines or some little tips around these online meetings that are being recorded?
1: I mean, probably the most important thing is to know how to mute your um, yourself in a, in a meeting. Um, yep, And that's always been important. I mean, it's kind of like if you're in a meeting in person and there's a person who's in that physical meeting, who's looking at their phone and yeah making all sorts of sounds like that's the most distracting thing ever so the online version of that is someone who cannot mute themselves okay right? my, my we've tip all been there when that person is is not mute. my tip for a manager is to actually insist that
0: everyone use their camera yeah um and it takes care of one of my biggest pet peeves around zoom and webinar calls and that's what i call the multitaskers yeah you know and those are the folks who are Joining the call and they need to be there, it's work time, but they've decided that they're going to, you know, um, multitask and, you know, do the laundry, fold the clothes, uh, cook the food, um, go to their kid's soccer game at the same time, whatever it might be. They're going to do that and they're going to contribute the bare minimum uh, to that meeting when everyone else is sort of present. And that yep. that is that is a peeve of mine when people just aren't present. So the the most effective way that I've found to guard against that as a manager is to insist that everyone use their camera, and then they're going to be a little, They may be watching, you know, a TV right past the camera. Um, however, it seems that they're um, they're more present when when I do hey, that. That's
1: a good trick. I didn't know. I didn't think of that.
0: Yeah, some people think that it's just that I want to see their faces, but usually it's I, I want to make sure that they're engaged.
1: Yeah. And I think also with uh, when you're dealing with a webinar, figuring out when and when to speak is also important, right? Because usually when you're in a physical meeting, you can just read body language, um, whereas when you're when you're using Zoom or one of these Products, um, you know, you don't necessarily can't really judge that very easily. Yeah. Uh, especially if there's a lot of people in the meeting. Um, so that's kind of important to, I, to I figure out. So, a couple
0: of tidbits about that from my perspective, right? One, if you're the moderator, and I, I, for me, that's the person who's putting the call together, have a clear agenda, put it on the screen at the very beginning. You know, we're going to spend 10 minutes talking about A and 10 minutes talking about B and 10 minutes talking about C. And then also make sure that as you're going through your agenda, you're leaving time for people to chime in because some people won't chime in unless they're sort of prompted. In other words, you've got to get to a point in, you know, the, you've got like the people who are sort of, um, I, I don't want to use the term alpha, but they're, they're more aggressive. They're willing to put their viewpoints out in the, during the general discussion. And you've got some other people who because of their personality type might sit back and wait. For later to ask a question or to to add their two cents, so make sure as the moderator that you you're sensitive to those types, and even call out people like you know sort of like a teacher in a class, where you say oh and you know Josh, why don't you tell us a little? Why don't you tell us your thoughts about this? So also use the time in between to kind of prompt people, um, and and I think that those are the best run meetings. And then my second tip is we've all been on a call where there's actually like 40 participants. And I feel like those, those calls are really bad because for the most part, you're not going to get engagement. You'll have a couple people talking and it's fine if it's sort of a seminar, you know, you want to get information to a large amount of people. But if you're looking to have like a dialogue with these people, you've got to limit the size.
1: Totally agreed.
0: Yeah. And we ran into that a little bit where we would do trainings with with our dealers and we would have one person and if they trained maybe five to eight people, it could work pretty well. But when it turned out to be 15 plus people, a lot of people weren't as happy with the trainings.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's when you're doing remote sales too. You usually want to have one or two people, not not multiple. Right.
0: Okay. Good. So that's that's the Zoom call etiquette. Also, you know, we're living in like the golden age of communication platform, and I think it's gone to saturation in my mind. Which is, I have text message, I have Slack. I have Discord, right, I have HipChat, I have all these crazy um, communication platforms. Um, so I talked a little bit at the opening about my 10-minute rule, which is just, hey, you've got to respond, um, and hopefully within 10 minutes. Anything else on the communication platform? I'll give one, one of my um, other tips is most of them have the ability to set your status, and I think it's really important that you set your status as, you know, I'm working or I'm away and be pretty clear. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with my employees as long as they're clear that, hey, I've got a kid's soccer game or I've got, you know, I've got to pick up the kids at this time from school or I've got, um, you know, something else in my personal life that is a regular recurring thing that I'm away, but I'm working the hours. So just be pretty clear in your statuses and keep them set. As to when you're available, I've ran into it in my professional life where, you know, we worked with a number of offshore teams, and there were times when I would work with a team in the Ukraine at, you know, their, the beginning of their workday was 11 p.m., um, so that would be sort of the beginning of one of my workdays. And then I'd let them go off and do their work. And then I'd have the beginning of my real work day, which was like 8 a.m., where I've seen people running and I was pretty clear about my scheduling. So that meant in the afternoon that I'd be getting done a little bit earlier because I'd want to be fresh and available for them in the evening. But I've seen problems where, you know, some of your employees, they want to be superhuman and they want to burn the candle at both ends. But ultimately, that can lead to some form of burnout where they're not as effective on either shift.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have you have to define <clears throat> your, your work times, right. And you really do. And, and having an ending to your day is so, so important. Um, and also, and also being able to, you know, another tip I have is on the communication platform side is to make it really clear to all the people in your organization, which communication platform uh, is sort of the the end all be all because everyone will have text message and, and email. And, you know, usually some sort of communication tool like a Slack or, you know, Microsoft teams or one of these things, right. Right, Um, To make sure that there's at least one of the tools is sort of the go-to where you do post that information about being present or being away so that people don't get confused about having so many different ways to convey their status.
0: Agreed. And, and make sure that they know, like, this is this. Well, I'll, I'll restate it. Sorry for restating it. But this is, you know, the important message here. Yeah. Um, so I need to respond to this one as soon as possible. And maybe if I've got emails besides that, then I can I can go work down the chain a little bit. Um, I think it's it's a good, good stopping point for communication platform. I'll add one other thought. And that is, you know, how do I manage requests that are outside? Like you could say, well, William, Josh, I've set my bounds. I've been pretty clear on my communication platform about when i'm working when i'm away everyone knows what my schedule is this invariably will you'll run into this problem which is you will get requests outside of what you consider your normal work hours and how to manage those requests right so I, i would say that you have to um it's a little bit of give and take right you have to understand that not everyone has your same schedule and sometimes things arise that have to be dealt with immediately and that doesn't fit into your schedule so I'll say my tip around managing these requests is as long as you're on a normal schedule um, and you're running into these problems where you're getting schedules that are outside of what you consider a normal schedule, there's really, you have to think about it as a triage situation. Like, for example, how important is it? What type of emergency is it? If it's a high importance emergency type situation, you're just going to have to figure out a way to deal with it as, as effectively as you can. However, and this is where you run into kind of a gray area, you know, if for some reason someone is asking you a question on a Saturday that they probably should have asked you on a Friday and there's no real sort of fire that needs to be put out, you know, the question is, do you take the time and respond off of work hours or do you wait until Monday? And that's a tricky one. Josh, help me out here.
1: Well, I mean, we we used to live that, right? and. To try to, you know, as a as one of the leaders in our company, I would always try to assess what is an emergency and what is not an emergency. It's kind of like where's the fire? Right. Right. And I think as adults, as adult humans, that you you grow up your whole life trying trying to learn the difference between an emergency and and non-emergencies. And to this day, you know, it's still a struggle. And employees, they know. They can, they can sniff it out in, in a second when they're being asked to do something that they don't really need to do just because someone feels that way. Right. And that's probably the most annoying thing for a leader or a manager to do. So the only advice I can give is to really sit back and assess, you know, is this is this something that is really an emergency or not? And, and, yeah. and, and you, you know, can think about it yep. every time it comes up.
0: I think that's that's good. And I'll say that for the person who's making the request, the same thing goes true. Like if this is something that you need, be clear as to why you need it and why you're asking after hours for it. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes you're just, you know, you're thinking about things and it happens to be, you know, 7 p.m. or 9 p.m. on a Friday. And you just thought of something. And why not ask, you know, your coworker a question about it? And that's great, but you've got to realize that they may not be, you know, welcoming such a such a question at, at that time. So if you put a little statement at the beginning saying like, hey, I'm just getting this out there because I'm thinking about it. Feel free to respond on Monday if you like, but here's a question, right? Or here's a request. And I think that helps a lot too, because, you know, things, things may just come up. You may need, you know, you may f- find a situation where someone can save you hours worth of work that you're planning on doing on a saturday with 15 minutes of thought um for your question if that's true then i say you've got to ask it but you've got to be mindful about their schedule too
1: Yeah, and there's also the little boy cried wolf scenario right which is if you keep if the emergencies keep happening uh, and they keep happening on weekends and after hours you have to ask yourself, like, are these <laughs> what's contributing to these things happening after hours over and over again, even if they are really emergencies?
0: Yeah, I like to, I try to correct by, you know, when it does happen and I see it happening over and over again to try to force them into asking those questions on the daily, you know, the daily stand up meeting or whatever, whatever you're having as your, your small group, your small team meeting and try to get those people who do it. On a Friday at 4 p.m., even that's bad, right? If everyone's leaving at three or four on a Friday, and you start to ask all your questions or send all all your materials right at that point, there is a larger problem there for that for that employee, right? It's not a coincidence that everything is happening at the end of the day on Friday. So,
1: I remember when we used to have uh, we used to have you know once every week or two we'd have like a special um, lunch where we'd bring in you know certain foods and we'd all kind of stand around and and socialize and that wasn't a normal thing for us right right and you know right usually during that 30 to 40 minute period there would some almost always be some sort of um, huge issue that would pop up by usually the similar similar employer too would would bring it up right? right um so that's a good example of that and
0: that and that goes back to time management maybe for the original yep. you know the source so, okay. Um, Josh, I think that's a good point. We're right at about right over 30 minutes here. Maybe final thoughts, um, maybe some words of wisdom for us about getting through these next bunch of weeks.
1: Well, I would just say, take, take deep breaths and realize that this is more of a marathon and not a sprint. And, you know, for people that are working at home um, and are sheltering in place, I would consider yourself one of the lucky ones. Cause the statistics are not on your side. Most people, the majority of people in the United States at least are, are not sheltering in place. They have to go to work every day to a physical location. So for those of us that are able to work at home, it's should be really considered a privilege. Um, even though we may not be in the most ideal of situations at home for many people, um, you know, we don't have to go out and constantly are um, our are potentially getting sick wherever we go. Um, so that's the the first mental part of your attitude should be just acknowledging that. And then beyond that, um, you know, figuring out a way, like we said, to keep a routine and, and keep the energy levels high when you're going about your day.
0: That's very good. Very good advice. The thing that I'll add to it, which is um, support the small local businesses, the folks who can't work from home, like your your little coffee shop that's nearby that's mom and pop or your favorite restaurants, you know, give those folks, get the takeout orders going and give them some of the fruits of your labor because, you know, they're not able to do this from home. And and they're, they're probably hurting, hurting a lot more than we are because of all of this. So.
1: Yeah. And there's so many different types of people having different perspectives on the current, the same. We're all in the same situation related to COVID, but so many different people have different experiences that are completely different. And it's hard to take, you know, get outside of your own experience and realize that someone else's is, is kind of the mirror opposite of yours. And it's it's always good to think about that when. When you're when you're going through these types of things,
0: yeah, I've been thinking about a way to get some help to the the medical workers, and maybe I'll put some links um, on the show notes about some of the places where you can donate some money to the people who are actually on the front lines and actually you know feeling the real pain of this, not just sitting at home um, and, and wondering what to cook next for food.
1: Yeah, and I, and I always think about you know obviously everyone thinks about the the medical folks and and all the people that are in, in the, um, you know, first responders, police and, and whatnot. But I, whenever I go drive by like a Taco Bell or or a Burger King, I actually always think about the, the people who are working in all these fast food restaurants, right? right? Not the mom and pop restaurants that are in your local community, but all those fast food places that are still open, uh, you know, those people don't want to be there, right? right. Um, right. And it's And they're serving a purpose. They're keeping a lot of people fed.
0: Agreed. Okay. Well, um, do what you can, folks, our audience. If you're fortunate enough to, you know, to still have an income and to still be producing things, then do what you can to help those others who are less fortunate. Uh, we'll be back again in about a week's time. Hopefully, you enjoyed um, this this breakdown of what it means or what it, what it means today to be a remote employee. And hopefully, some of the tips were helpful. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll talk again soon. Yep.
1: Thank you, everyone.